And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio, with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. Thank you very much for listening. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. I host a morning show in Nashville, Tennessee. On Super Talk 99.7 WTN. And we've got all kinds of news. This is usually the kind of week where there's not a lot of news going on, but there is a lot happening. And looking forward to being with you tonight, uh, tomorrow, and uh, also on Thursday morning. By the way, Gary and Eric, they'll be back a week from tonight. Always, of course, a pleasure filling in for. Red Eye Radio. So we do have a number of stories I want to tell you about, of course, this evening. We do have the very latest on the Twitter files. We do have absolute proof now. It is just absolutely obvious. The evidence is completely clear now that Twitter and the Biden administration, just a very small part of the Trump administration, but mostly the Biden administration... They really wanted to shut down those that were really wanting to follow the science. And it's a really fascinating story of the back and forth as far as what they were trying to do to limit the amount of debate that was going on regarding COVID and the vaccinations and the lockdowns. And so I'll give you uh, all of those details straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. Also, we have the latest on illegal immigration. We had a, a massive dump, if you will, from the Biden administration on some data regarding illegals coming across our southern border. Wait till you hear all about that. It is a very ugly story to tell. And we also have... A lot of issues going on across the country with power and communities and states and entire regions like where I live in Nashville, Tennessee, where entire regions are experiencing local blackouts. And so that is a major issue. The why the reason why that's a major issue is because we have in America this drive. It's it's the Democrats, right? You've heard this before, where the Democrats want us all to have, quote-unquote, clean energy, right? It's all about clean energy. Well, what's really happening is that the more they drive us towards this, quote-unquote, clean energy, 
the less our demand for energy is actually being met. And so this is going to be a major issue. And so when you see in Tennessee and other parts of the country where we do now have these rolling blackouts, exactly like you see in California, it's only just begun. So we'll talk about that as well here on Red Eye Radio. Again, the phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. So there is a lot going on regarding illegal immigration. So this is going to be your official illegal immigration update featuring the lies of Corinne Jean-Pierre and MSNBC. Listen. It is not that simple. It's not just that people are walking uh, across uh, across the border. We were even able to see, as of last night, a lot of migrants just crossing, and migrants I spoke to this morning saying they haven't had any interaction with there U.S. immigration authorities. They just walked right in. I mean, listen, that's MSNBC. That is the the Biden information network actually reporting the truth about what is going on on our southern border. And so in the first part of that soundbite, you hear Corinne Jean-Pierre, and she is saying in that now infamous quote, people aren't just walking across the border. And then, of course, you have an entire nation raising their hands and saying, Corinne Jean-Pierre, you are lying. And the latest example is MSNBC pointing out that, yes, people are going right across the border. By the way, as I always like to say, welcome to the party, because conservative talk show hosts and, of course, Fox News and others have been reporting on what is exactly going on on the southern border. So now we have for the month of November, this uh, all came down a couple of days ago, another worst month when it comes to the border, thanks to the Biden administration. There's been a ton of reaction since this dropped on Friday night before the holiday weekend. Yes, another fine example of news management from the Biden administration where they released this kind of information on the Friday night heading into a holiday weekend. But let let me just give you the stats because the stats are just ugly as all get out. For the month of November, 233,740 illegal aliens. They talk about the Customs and Border Protection, CBP. The data there shows 233,740 illegal immigrants were apprehended attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border in November, making this the highest total for November in DHS history. That is a 332% increase from the average number of November apprehensions during the Trump administration. We can talk about 13,150 unaccompanied minors. They were apprehended. By the way, I will add to my analysis on that. How do you really know of these 13,150 unaccompanied children? How do we even know if they are children? How do we know if they're really under 18? I, I can I can hear all across America, you folks shouting back at the radio, shouting back at your computer, shouting back at your phone. However, you're listening to Red Eye Radio. We have no idea if these quote unquote unaccompanied children are actually children. Speaking of which, at least nine people have been apprehended on the terror watch list. 
trying to enter the U.S. between ports of entry so far this fiscal year. And so no matter how you look at this, no matter how you look at the numbers, it is ugly. 142,038 illegal immigrants were apprehended from countries outside of the Northern Triangle and Mexico, showing that, yes, Biden's crisis is global. By the way, the head of DHS, Alejandro Mayorkas, what does he have to say about all this? Well, you remember this infamous soundbite. Secretary Mayorkas, do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security. I mean, the you know, the funny thing is about that soundbite. And I've said this on my local show in Nashville, Tennessee. The funny thing about that soundbite is that the way that Alejandro Mayorkas answers the question, it's almost like he's punking America. Like, I'm going to say what I have to say, but I'm going to say it in such a cadence that everybody knows that I am BSing the world. Secretary Mayorkas, do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security. (laughs) Yes, so there you go. 5.3 million illegal immigrants have crossed the border since Joe Biden took office. This includes nearly 4.3 million illegal immigrants that Customs and Border Protection has apprehended and the more than 1 million gotaways that is a, that have escaped past Border Patrol into America. I mean, we, we've been talking about these numbers every month since Biden took the oath of office. Border officials say that the official number of gotaways vastly undercounts the illegal immigrants who make it into America. Despite this ongoing crisis, Kamala Harris still claims that we do have a secure border. We have a secure border Uh in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Yeah, what's funny about about that audio soundbite from Kamala Harris, of course, the borders are. I have listened to that audio bite, but probably... I don't know, with all the radio shows that I do across the country and in my local show in Nashville, Tennessee, I've probably listened to that soundbite maybe 50, 60 times. I understand the first part. I don't agree with it because it is obviously a lie when she says the border is secure. But I don't get how she connects that with the second part of the utter nonsense that she is speaking, where she talks about every nation's priority is a secure border. We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Well, well, I don't just I don't know what that means. Now, oftentimes when Kamala Harris speaks, I don't really understand what she means because she speaks in circles, but it doesn't even matter at this point. But as far as the drugs go, I mean, we could just, again, run down the bullet points. We've got the cartels making $13 billion a year pushing drugs into our country, including fentanyl and meth. We've got fentanyl overdoses as the leading cause of death for Americans ages 18 to 45. I'm going to repeat that. Fentanyl deaths, overdoses. The leading cause of death for Americans ages 18 to 49, 45. 
You've got cartels and, of course, bad hombres crossing the border have now targeted kids with rainbow fentanyl that they look like Skittles. You've seen the pictures. But, you know, the president, he's not going to visit the border. He's got other priorities. And not visit the border. Because there's more important thing going on. They're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. So that uh, is the official word of the Biden administration. You've got the president saying there's more important things going on. You've got Kamala Harris saying the border is secure and some sort of nonsensical phrase after that. You've got Alejandro Mayorkas, who is essentially punking America, saying, oh, sure, yeah, the border is secure and we're working hard to make it even more secure. And Corinne Jean-Pierre saying, oh, no, people aren't walking right across the southern border. That, that That's not what's happening. I think we all know that it is, and I think we all know that the Biden administration continues to lie and continues to obfuscate as far as what is going on on the southern border. Now, one guy who is uh, telling the absolute truth as far as what's going on on the southern border is Texas Governor Greg Abbott, and he has uh, really triggered the left with his latest move. Details straight ahead. Dan Mandis here. This is Red Eye Radio. You may not be able to predict blizzards and ice storms, but you can prepare your truck to handle them. Make sure your truck is prepared for any last-minute winter storms by keeping tabs on your tires before each trip. Proper tire traction is essential year-round, but especially during winter when the roads are slick and roadway behavior is unpredictable. Protect your tire investment with routine checks and pre-trip inspections all winter long. Check pressure levels, tread depth, and inspect for any visible damage or debris stuck in wheel components. Look for steam or melted snow coming off wheel hubs, as this could indicate your wheel bearings are overheating. If necessary, give your tires a warm wash before inspecting them, as snow can cover potential warning signs of damage. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Appreciate you listening. The phone number, as always, is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis here in for Gary and Eric. And they'll be back a week from tonight. And there is a lot of news to uh, talk about, especially when it comes to the situation regarding illegal immigration. By the way, coming up uh, after the bottom of the hour, about 35 minutes after, going to talk about the power outages that we're seeing across uh, America. You know, one of the things that we like to say here in my state of Tennessee is, you know, don't, um, you know, California, my Tennessee. No offense to you folks in California. It's kind of a Tennessee thing. And I am from California, so I know exactly what they're talking about. And over the past uh, several days, we've had rolling blackouts. And if you think that it's a it's a Tennessee thing or a California thing, it's not. You know what it is? It's a Democrat thing, and we're going to talk about that coming up at 35 minutes after the hour here on Red Eye Radio. So I was telling you right before the break, the situation with illegal immigration. And uh, just a few days ago, we found out the just reprehensible numbers 
related to illegal immigration and the lies of the Biden administration as they continue to say, yes, that the border is secure, blah, 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 blah. But you know one guy who is telling the truth, and that is, of course, the Texas governor, guy by the name of Greg Abbott. I know that you listeners to WBAP in Dallas, you know all about uh, Governor Greg Abbott. Some of you like him, some of them don't, some of you don't like him. But you know what he did? He has done it again here in the last uh, couple of days on Christmas Day. He decided to send more of these migrants or illegal aliens, whatever it is that you want to call them. He decided to send more migrants to Kamala Harris's residence in Washington, D.C. Same story, different day. The White House, of course, responding with absolute horror. Here's what they say. Governor Abbott abandoning children on the side of the road in below freezing temperatures on Christmas Eve without coordinating with any federal or local authorities. A White House representative, Abdullah Hassan, says in a statement, this was a cruel, dangerous and shameful stunt. You know, when they say that this is a shameful stunt, I I don't see this as a shameful stunt. I see this as something that is just, number one, getting the conversation started. And I know that you folks have heard this one before. This is also a, a situation where you have these sanctuary cities and states where they say, you know, send us your your migrants. We'll take care of them. We are a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state. And so all Greg Abbott is doing, all Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida is doing, all they're doing is doing what they ask. Democrats have blamed the situation on Governor Abbott, who since April has bused migrants from Texas to major Democratic-led cities, including Washington, New York, Chicago, and Philadelphia, to protest the Biden administration's immigration policies. How bad is it? It is so bad that they are now having to put up this massive tent outside of El Paso, Texas, the size of a football field, to deal with the crush of thousands of illegal aliens that are rushing our border. It's all about the end of Title 42. And outside of El Paso specifically, things are absolutely wretched. It is a nightmare. And you've now got this this massive tent that is being put up by the Border Patrol to try and deal with these thousands of illegal aliens that are coming across our southern border. Off they go into America And if they're able to stop them, they're trying to put them in this big tent, again, the size of a football field that apparently can hold thousands of people. But what they're saying is that there could be something like 20,000, 20,000 migrants waiting to come across our southern border once Title 42 goes away. Now, that's going to be the big question is will Title 42 go by the wayside? Right now, it is in front of the Supreme Court, and they're trying to decide what to do. Will they hear the challenges from these, what is it, 19 states to the Biden administration's ending of Title 42? Now, if the Supreme Court decides to hear the challenges, then we'll have to see what happens. 
If they don't, and Biden ends Title 42, then you can open the floodgates even more because that is what we're going to see. So you know what that means. That means more fentanyl. That means more deaths. That means more illegal aliens. That means more crime. That means more disease as well. And no, I'm not saying all illegal aliens. I'm not saying that. I never say all. But I'm telling you that if Title 42 goes down, a lot of folks would say, so does our country. Got a lot more straight ahead. It's Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. Phone lines are open. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Hartley, here is Dan Mandis. Appreciate you listening, and man, is it cold. I mean, most places uh, around the nation, incredibly cold. We all know that. Unless you're lucky enough to be in a place like California Some places, I believe, in uh, Texas. But by and large, you know what's happened. And here in uh, where I live in Nashville, Tennessee, I host a morning show on Super Talk 99.7 WTN in Nashville, Tennessee, Middle Tennessee. We had rolling blackouts. And I was, as I was saying in the the previous segment, we have this thing here in um, here in Tennessee. And no offense to you folks in California. I grew up in California. I was born in California. I like to say that I am a recovering Californian. But there's a saying here in Tennessee, don't California, our Tennessee. And the reason we say that is because we have a lot of Californians that want to live the good life in a place like Tennessee. And oftentimes, at least it used to be, not so much anymore, but it used to be that the people who would come from California or some of these other states like, oh, I don't know, Oregon, the state of Washington, Illinois is another one. We've talked about this before, as a matter of fact, on Red Eye Radio. And so you have all of these people that have this more liberal mindset, and then they flee to a place like uh, Tennessee or a place like Texas, you know, conservative states. And they want to change it. But one of the things that I've noticed, and this is more something that's happened in the past couple of years, is that not as many people want to change the states that they move to anymore. They, they just don't. I've got a number of different friends that are from California and they moved here. I didn't know them in California. But since I'm on the radio and, and people here in Nashville know that I'm from California, they've reached out and I've become, you know, it's almost like a little club. And we say, yeah, California sucks, right? I mean, they, we, we just we've all had that conversation as people who are from California, the once great state of California. And so one of the things there, there's a number of, of things you think about when you think about the state of California. Number one is, of course, crime. 
Number two, earthquakes. Number three is liberal policies. And number four is um, rolling blackouts. Because California is most certainly known across the country for their rolling blackouts. And so here in the last several days, we here in the state of Tennessee had a bunch of rolling blackouts. I mean, 120,000 people. And I was one of them. Day before the uh, day before Christmas, Christmas Eve day. TVA, the 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 folks that handle our power, the Tennessee Valley Authority, they come out and they announce, OK, so uh, expect 15, 15 minute rolling blackouts. So if your power goes out, they're going to be back in 15 minutes. OK, so there we are watching TV, baking pies and all of a sudden everything just shuts off. So I said, okay, let's see, let's see if it's really 15 minutes. 15 minutes goes by. Then it was 30. Then it was 45. 90 minutes later, my power finally came back on. It took 90 minutes. Now listen, first world problems, and I get that. But here's the thing. Why in the world are we now not able to handle the cold, especially when we, as far as the Tennessee Valley Authority, the TVA, they, they power uh, a, a total of, of seven states and Tennessee, you know, despite the name, it's Tennessee and a bunch of other states. You've got uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky, Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia and Tennessee. And so why now are, are we all of a sudden getting these uh, rolling blackouts like they see in California. Because we've invested millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in our grid, our energy, our our power and energy infrastructure. And so the temperature goes, uh, you know, under 10 degrees and all of a sudden, you know, we've got... Um, you know, massive power outages across the uh, across the state. They had to postpone the Titans game for an hour. They couldn't keep the lights on. Well, you know what's going on, and, and I, I bet you there's some some of you folks listening right now to Red Eye Radio. You know exactly where I'm going. They're investing in the wrong kind of power generation. The TVA wants to cut as much fossil fuels as they possibly can. This is from Reuters. The Tennessee Valley Authority, a U.S.-owned utility, confirmed it plans to shut four remaining coal plants by 2035, the year by when President Joe Biden wants the nation's power grid to be decarbonized to fight climate change. The TVA first started using coal-fired plants in the 1950s, but they've begun to retire older, less efficient units in keeping with its commitment to generate cleaner energy. In 2005, it generated 57% of its power with coal. By 2020, that had shrunk to 14% as it increased generation from nuclear natural gas, and wind and solar. 
So I don't know if you're following along, but we used a whole lot of coal and coal-fired plants in the 1950s. You know what we didn't have in 1950s? Rolling blackouts. In other words, we've spent all of this money on this technology. And you just heard me say it. I mean, we've got wind, solar, nuclear, and natural gas, and we're, we're, we're limiting the use of coal. And so we've invested millions of dollars, uh, over a hundred million dollars in all this type of technology. And it didn't, it didn't handle the need. So the less coal that we're using, apparently the less we're able to hit our needs, meet our needs. And the bottom line, it seems to me, is that they're allowing, the, the TVA, they're allowing our coal plants to erode into retirement. That's a big issue because we're not upgrading. We're not maintaining these plants. We're, we're not bringing new ones online. It's the most reliable. And I'd be willing to bet the more research you do, you would find that the more that you invest in these coal-fired plants, the, these coal plants, the, the cleaner you can probably get them. But what's happening is the TVA, and this is happening all over. This isn't a TVA story. This is an American story. And the more that we allow these coal plants to erode into retirement, the more we're, we don't upgrade, the more we don't maintain, the more we don't build new ones, the less reliable our energy is going to be. Here's another part of, of where they failed, the TVA. The headline of this press release where they announced earlier this year that they were investing millions into, quote-unquote, clean energy. All you have to do is listen to this opening paragraph. You ready? Knoxville, Tennessee. The Tennessee Valley Authority, TVA, announced an industry-leading initiative to partner with communities in portions of the seven-state region and help provide equitable access to technology resulting in job creation and energy and (laughs) environmental justice. I've got an idea. If you want environmental justice, I've got an idea. If you want to provide equitable access, how about just keeping the flipping lights on? You know what I mean? And, and, and here's what some of these folks are screaming about. I've, I've been watching the, the news the last couple of days is they're screaming because they don't feel like the power outages were equitable. They'll sit here and they'll say, well, there is a there was a lot of communities of color that were impacted by the power outages. Well, there's I mean, everybody was impacted by the power outages. But but here's a clue. If you'd like to maybe take a bold step onto the clue bus is that if you keep the lights on for everybody, then it's equitable for everybody, including the very communities that you're trying to protect. Right. All you have to do is keep the lights on for Everyone. 
Jeff Lyash, TVA's president and CEO, had said that it planned to continue to retire coal plants over the next 15 years, but he didn't say which ones they're going to shut down. Well, here's a here's the thing. We've only got four left. We've only got four. They've shut the rest of them down. A TVA official confirming on Monday that it plans to shut down by 2035 the remaining four coal plants, the Shawnee plant in Kentucky, the Cumberland, Gallatin, and Kingston plants here in my state of Tennessee. In 2019, the TVA had voted to close another plant, Bull Run, in Tennessee by late 2023. And so one of the things that they're trying to figure out, and we're talking about this here in Middle Tennessee, is, okay, why is it that we invested over $100 million in all of this energy production, and they literally said, when this was a story a couple of months ago, they literally said that, what happened in Texas is not going to happen here because we're making all of these investments. Well, what happened? We had rolling blackouts, just like they see in California. And now people are really mad. By the way, there's a couple of other problems. Uh, communication failures, where we didn't really know what the world was going on. We just had no idea. So there's a massive communication failure. TVA also demanded that local power companies cut their output by 5%. Then all of a sudden it jumped to 10% within a matter of minutes. Oh, but wait, there's more. You folks listening in New York, some of this is coming your way. Details next. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE. Dan Mandison for Gary and Eric, 866-907-3339. This is Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Radio. Phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. That is where we find Ron in Salem, Oregon on Red Eye Radio. Morning, Ron. How are you? I'm doing good, my brother. Uh, happy Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's to you down there in the good state of Tennessee. Thank you, man. I'm up there in Oregon. Let me tell you something. This cap and trade policy that they've been trying to put in Oregon... And you want to take out four dams in the Kalamath Basin, Eastern Oregon, in uh, Central Oregon, mm-hmm. and and the, and Northern California. That's 1,200 megs of power. They don't want us. It's a road to serfdom. You remember the book by F.A. Hayek? It's, it's we're going down that road. They do not want America first policies. They are purposely, in my belief, committing the light action of treason against the people. That is us, their bosses, and they're doing it on the guise of. We're going to clean up the environment. Excuse me. Oregon is number three outside of Alaska and Hawaii for 0.86% of carbon emissions. Mm. And yet, and yet, I watched the fuel bills of California outlawing some of the older trucks, which got better miles than this death. It hurt the honeybees as a beekeeper. And you go to Europe since 2012 to tell you that. That's why they don't use death in Europe. It's if it's such a good, clean air. And then let's go down the next facts. 
just like what happened in Texas. Uh, we we had an ice in situation of an inch of ice up and down I five all the way down Eugene all up to the state line in Washington and everywhere else. And what's unique about it? The grid didn't collapse because we have hydro power. We they closed the coal plants in Boardman, Oregon. They closed the coal, the coal plants up there in Centralia, Washington. Roughly four thousand megs of power. Where are we going to get the rest of the power? Because for every Tesla that you try to recharge, that's 25 homes of power for a week. Yep. Oh, hey, and, 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 Ryan, I got to run. I, I appreciate uh, you listening. Got to run. But I, I will say this, and you bring a lot of knowledge, a lot of passion as well. One thing you didn't mention, so I will, is nowhere when we talk about climate will the Biden administration or the Democrats mention anything about China, but they certainly should. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio, with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. Well, the guys do return a week from tonight, as a matter of fact. Appreciate you listening to Red Eye Radio. Dan Mandis here indeed. I host a morning show out of Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk, 997 WTN, it is a morning show, 6 to 10 Eastern, 5 to 9 Central. Check it out if you would. And uh, again, I always appreciate the opportunity to host on Red Eye Radio. In the previous segment, we were talking about these rolling blackouts that have been going on in you know various parts of the country. I am in Nashville, Tennessee, as I just mentioned. And so we had a bunch of rolling blackouts. I mean, we had thousands and thousands of people with these rolling blackouts, despite the fact that we have invested so much money in our energy generation. And so people are, you know, walking around, scratching their heads, trying to figure out, well, if we've spent so much money, why in the world are are we, you know, sitting here in the dark? Well, it's because, as I mentioned, what we're doing is we are investing, in my opinion, in the wrong kind of uh, energy generation. You know, of course, it's all about wind and solar. Now, I'm going to be honest, I do like nuclear energy. I've always been a fan of nuclear energy. You know who else is a fan of nuclear energy? I actually thought this was interesting. Glenn Youngkin, the uh, governor for the great state of uh, Virginia, he also is uh, pro-nuclear energy. This is something that you have a lot of um, debate going on right now within the conservative circles, the Republican Party, is do we like nuclear energy or do we not? Because some conservatives, some Republicans don't like it. Others do. Now, you don't have to have these massive nuclear plants. No. Now they've got these smaller, modular nuclear reactors that can also be incredibly effective on a smaller scale. And they see they say that these smaller nuclear plants 
are seen by some as a source of virtually emissions-free power, but none have been built yet for commercial use. And and just so you know, I mean, I, I have no problem with wind. I have no problem with solar. I have, obviously, I just said I, I like, uh, you know, nuclear energy. But the bottom line is I want something that works. And as we're finding out, you know, you have this this major push towards all of this, uh, you know, green energy and electric vehicles and so on and so forth. And it just doesn't work. The technology isn't there yet. And that's okay. Maybe eventually the technology will be there. But as I was mentioning briefly, if I may retrace for just a second, you do have some folks that will say, well, you know, why would we want to continue with all of these, you know, really dirty coal plants? Well, one of the reasons why, you know, they're still considered dirty by some is because we haven't continued to invest in that technology. And if we did invest in that technology, we could make it cleaner. Now, you're going to have people on the left, you know, some people call them tree huggers or whatever, but you have some people out there that will say, well, coal will never be as as clean as wind or solar. Well, all right, but wind and solar isn't going to keep the lights on, as we have been finding out. Now, what's going on in New York, I find fascinating. This is the headline because this is, you know, the rolling blackouts in, you know, Tennessee and other places. This is now a big source of conversation in New York. This is the headline. Get ready for blackouts, New York. Green energy is nowhere near ready to take over. So the more that Joe Biden says and the more that Gavin Newsom in California, the more that these, you know, the president, these Democrat governors and so on, the more that they say that they absolutely want to continue to drive towards clean energy. The more they're really painting themselves into a corner. Because as the New York Post is reporting, they're nowhere near ready to keep the lights on. New York will confront an increasingly serious energy supply problem of its own making within the next decade. A series of policy initiatives culminating in 2019's Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act have committed the state to unrealistic goals that will increase electricity demand while making supply less reliable. So in other words, let's go ahead and set up a situation where we don't have as much reliable energy supply, yet we are increasing the demand. That is exactly what they're doing, according to the New York Post. And they were right about Hunter Biden, I'm just saying. So that's the bottom line, is they want to shut down fossil fuel power generators and essentially a ban on natural gas pipeline expansion. Otherwise known as the most reliable sources of energy right now. 
They say the overarching goal is to reduce New York's total greenhouse gas emissions by 85 percent by 2050. Along the way, the state aims for 70 percent renewable energy by 2030, renewable energy by 2030 and 100 percent emissions free electricity production by 2040. Now, obviously, those are some pretty lofty goals and it's great if they can hit it. You know what the problem is? Problem is they're not going to hit it. And the problem is they're setting themselves up for failure because what is it they say? They're putting the, the cart before the horse. Ultimately, they say energy policy must balance three factors, reliability, affordability and low emissions. It's not that difficult. Reliability, affordability, and low emissions. New York Post talks about how New York's error is to overemphasize low emissions over affordability and especially reliability. So in other words, they would rather, you know, some of these climate folks on the left They would rather set up a situation in New York and across the country, frankly, where you could have to deal with rolling blackouts often so that they can have what they call clean energy or green energy. They'll sell out keeping the lights on, keeping the power on, keeping the heat on or the air conditioning on in the summer, what they'll do is they'll forsake all of that for their climate goals. That is flipping nuts. So without getting lost in in all the details, basically what New York is doing is cutting back on the reliable energy production because they say it's not clean enough. And stepping up production of Renewable energy is what they really want to do. So cut back on reliable and step up the production of the renewable energy that's not so reliable. The problem is that the more they cut back on reliable fossil fuel type production, you know what's happening, the less energy they're producing. You focus on turbines and solar and some of these other clean energy methods and it's not going to produce enough energy then you have more blackouts i mean duh the new york post puts it this way as we wrap this up new york has been moving away from instead of towards meeting its electricity needs i'm going to repeat that because it is critically important new york has been moving away from instead of toward meeting its electricity needs. I will add, all because of some crazed climate agenda. Back to the post piece. Because the state is unlikely to build out generating capacity fast enough to meet rising demand and offset the required closure of reliable fossil fuel plants, demand could surpass supply in the 2030s. If that happens, blackouts that actually take human lives and harm the economy 
could only be avoided by importing more polluting energy from out of the state, undermining their eventual clean energy goals. I mean, friends, you can't make this stuff up. It is just, it is nonsensical. And again, I will tell you, I am all for clean energy. But above all, we need to keep the heat on in the winter, the AC on in the summer, and the lights on all the time. So the big question ultimately is, will New York get enough sunlight and wind to power the state once they close down all of the reliable fossil fuel plants? The question is an important one. They say even if the state does manage to build renewable generation quickly enough to meet its goals, the variability of solar and wind power caused by, yes, cloudy and or windless days, creates reliability problems. The just-released scoping plan, they say, that's the roadmap for implementing the climate leadership legislation, admits there's going to be days or even weeks where there is insufficient solar and wind energy to meet state needs. In other words... The people in charge are willing to keep you folks, talking about New York right now, but you folks in the dark so that they can continue to bow to their wind turbines and solar panels. And by the way, you think the governor's offices are going to be, um, you know, shutting off their air conditioner? You think they're going to be impacted by rolling blackouts? No. So this is going to be one of those stories that not only is impacting New York, not only is impacting the regions that uh, are affected by the Tennessee Valley Authority, this is crazed lunacy that is happening all across the country. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE. Dan Madison for Gary and Eric, 866-907-3339. This is Red Eye Radio. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. On the off chance that you become stranded due to wintry conditions, it's important to be prepared and to know what to do. Consider carrying an emergency kit that includes a shovel, flares, jumper cables, first aid supplies, a flashlight, and spare batteries. If you become stranded, stay in your vehicle. Walking in a storm puts you at risk of being hit by a car, suffering hypothermia, or getting lost. Call 911 to request help. Store extra clothes in your cab so you can stay warm by wearing layers. If you have to run the engine for heat, make sure that the exhaust pipe is clear of snow and crack a window to make sure that carbon monoxide doesn't build up in the cab. Also pack extra food and water so you don't have to go hungry or risk dehydration while you're waiting for help to arrive. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. The, these stories, I mean, say what you want about climate change, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to go down that road again, but these stories coming out of Buffalo, have you seen the pictures? I mean, you've got entire cars that are buried They're finding bodies inside the cars. It is absolutely horrific what is going on in Buffalo. And then, of course, to add insult to injury, you have, I mean, it's not funny. I'm not, I'm not laughing at it. It's just so ridiculous, I I guess, is the way to put it. Yeah, you've got guys who are walking around and they're breaking into the stores. They're looting stores. So literally the, the, the town of Buffalo is under, like, feet of snow. And you got these dirt bags just, you know, going around, and they're breaking into stores, and they're stealing stuff. They're they're looting. Now, of course, I'm not surprised by this, because, you know, ultimately, bad guys are bad guys. And they'll take every opportunity. But they're now saying that Buffalo, this is um, the headline on the Drudge Report, is that it looks like a war zone. This is from the Daily Mail. Buffalo's deadliest storm in 50 years. The death toll in Buffalo has now risen to 27 in Buffalo. And 55 across America after stranded drivers froze to death in their cars. And six feet of snow landed on New York, leaving it like a war zone, as they say. And you know what's really sad? What's really sad is right now going on in New York, you know, you have it's uh, in New York, it's 226, right, on the East Coast. And so you, you have, no doubt, people that are walking around and they're breaking into stores. They're stealing whatever they can find. Meantime, what they're not doing is trying to help people. Meantime, what they're not doing is trying to protect the city. But of course, why would they? But I will tell you this, that in New York, even though the headlines all over the place are going to be about the crime and what is going on, in Buffalo and the guys that are breaking into the stores and so forth. Don't forget that there's a lot of really good people uh, in, in Buffalo that, and I've seen the stories where they are traipsing out and they're trying to find people that are trapped in cars. They're putting their own lives at risk. Not even knowing if they can save anybody, but they're going out there to try to find someone who needs help. Now, sadly, those those aren't always the people that end up getting noticed. I mean, you know the story, right? If it bleeds, it leads here in America. If it bleeds, it leads. But just know that even though there's handful of dirt bags out there that are that are breaking into stores to steal TVs and so forth there are many others who are doing whatever they can 
to try to help people. Now, what I would love to do, and I, I don't know if they can, because I don't know if power is out. I'm assuming power is out and what have you. But I would love to know if you're if you're in in Buffalo, if you're in that part of the country that is hammered by the snow and you're stuck inside of your home. Call us right now. I want to know what you're going through. I'm just curious. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Phone lines are open for anybody, but I'm just curious. What exactly is it that you're going through in Buffalo and in Upper State New York? As Snowmageddon has absolutely pummeled your city. 866-90-RED-EYE. Phone lines are open. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Appreciate you listening, and you know, very seldom do I ask for very specific callers. But I'm doing that tonight at 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. I'm dying to know... What you folks are experiencing out in uh, Buffalo, in Upper State New York, we, we see the stories, and the stories, as I mentioned previously, they are horrific. I mean, you've got you've got cars, you've got homes that are buried, and the Drudge Report and a lot of other uh, outlets are talking about how Buffalo looks like a war zone right now, and you've got looting. You've got looting at the same time. You've got people that are freezing in cars. I'm assuming there's a lot of power that is out as well. And so if you're in that part of the country, I would love to hear your story. At 866-90-RED-EYE, one such person is Jerry, who is calling from a Buffalo suburb. Jerry, thank you for calling. And uh, what is the name of your suburb? Amherst. Amherst, okay. Uh, actually, more specifically, Getzville. You know, it's a um, within uh, Amherst, uh, kind of like a little parcel, but yet has that name, G-E-T-Z. Uh, yeah, so here I am. Uh, it's my hometown. I, uh, uh, I am in Manhattan a lot, too, in Hell's Kitchen, but I'm here for the holidays. I am in good shape, um, you know, 78 years old and but uh i have uh, power and um, not everybody does and i um that i look out first of all if if i were in new york i would city i would not have wanted to miss this i i'm not um making light of what happened right Uh, right you know everything that's solemn solemn and somber uh it's uh well within uh, my craw and soul, like every uh, Buffalonians, except for those low lives. Um, so, well, Jerry, when uh, you let me ask you, Jerry, if uh, I mean you, you heard the story about the, the guys, the low lives, as you say, that are 
going out and stealing stuff. Yeah. Um, sorry I mean, to be so colloquial, but the mayor himself used that word. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, they are low lives. I mean, let's just call it what it is. They're yep. low lives. They're yeah, thieves. They're words. No, I mean, yeah. listen, if you do, here's my thing, because people sometimes, because I'm a talk show host, and so sometimes my language <laughs> can be a little salty, and I can get a little angry I, sometimes. I, and my thing is, if you know, people are doing something bad, then I'm going to say something yeah. bad about them. Yep. And that's, that's just and my two cents. You know, so, so, but, but Jerry, let me, is, Jerry, let me, let, hey, hey, Jerry, let me, hey, Jerry, let me ask you a few questions, if I may. So you sound like a hearty, you sound like a hearty soul out there as a as yeah. a native buffalonian so when 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 oh, you yeah. see this this snowmageddon approaching you don't uh, have the thought to get the heck out of dodge you buckle in for the ride yeah yeah uh i uh take precautions at first i stay aware uh i thought it was a 50 50 chance it would be what they uh, forecast yeah, but i got a few extra you know double a batteries uh some and groceries uh, to last, and uh, it's also, uh, I went out in it, into the thick of it, because I wanted, I, I, I had layers to, to beat the band, and I was as if I was in uh, Tahiti, you right. know, it didn't affect me, but but I wanted to be in there like Jack London or, I don't know, Hemingway or someone else, and I, I got a, a lot of inspiration and these high overarching uh, thoughts and ideas that I'll never uh, forget. And I would not have wanted to miss this. I would have been uh, uh, very uh, uh, remorseful if I did, because well, it's, uh, a, it's, it's part like of it, Buffalo. It, it's part of Buffalo history. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the thing, you got to be smart. That's all there is to it. Gee, I mean, oh, you can't do anything if you don't have uh, electricity. Look, I, yeah. I, I uh, had a home. I stream. I downsized, um, and I uh, d- during the October surprise, that was rough. I didn't have power. I I took a cold shower, but I was hot already because dragging tree branches out. Um, that was pretty, uh, you know, in the basement flooding and mementos down there and letting them dry out. It was really um, uh, a long. Uh, duration of of coming back and trees all over look like nightmare on Elm yeah. Street, but this yeah. here, uh, uh, I well, if you're in bad shape, you you have diabetes, you need uh, medicine and all this and that and the other thing. Um, there are there's a, a a station like WABC here, it's WBEBN. Um, they used to start from Buffalo News at came sprang from that um but uh it's a, a talk radio uh yep. conservative more than anything else and people would call, call in who were in duress and it was gripping you know and mm-hmm. if uh, anyone were anywhere near me i would have gone out that's the way we do things here and, and, and you know and you, and, you know, and you know jerry i'm not sure if you heard the the monologue monologue that i did in the previous segment but you've got you know the lowlifes who are out there getting all the headlines by doing bad stuff but how much how much is there of people going out well, looking for and rescuing yep. other people well there is quite a bit and there have been really good stories it's very difficult because uh, i went out and i mean the snow was up to 
I, I wouldn't wa- I wouldn't have walked very far. And I'm a hearty soul, and if it was necessary, I would. I, it would just take time, and you take breaths and stops. But I heard um, to answer your question uh, from uh, this radio show. Um, well, first of all, I called that radio show because people were calling about at this point. Uh, if anyone wants to stream the show, that's very interesting. You get firsthand. But I called to say, because one guy said anybody who left a car that wasn't really going to an important thing, uh, they should have it confiscated and sold, you know, uh, once. And I called to say that the looters, there's something beyond uh, prison or fine or uh, show up on your own recognizing you know, uh, yeah. and shame them. Put them on the front page of the uh, Buffalo paper, uh, so that they, if they go, they're student in school. Or you know, you know, what the, you know what the problem. You know what the problem is, Jerry. The problem is that when you are that much of a low life, they really don't care to be shamed. I yeah, mean, they, it, it's all you, you're right, but yeah. Yeah, I just I don't think this is the, the, the sadness that is America right now. And I don't want to get into a whole, you know, America's going down the tubes kind of a thing, because I, I believe that America is a is a phenomenal country full of millions of amazing Americans and and conservatives, uh, quite frankly. And, and I think that the people that will go out and loot, I think that they just they're beyond shaming. That's number one. Number two. They're not afraid of consequences. They're not afraid of breaking the law. They're not afraid of the police. They're not afraid of anything. And you can tie that right back to the Democrats and their soft on crime policies, which, by the way, every single day, there's another story out there about the Democrats and the consequences of their soft on crime policies. I've got one such story straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Democrats and their soft on crime policies. You know, they really do have real world consequences. And if you listen to Red Eye, you listen to conservative talk radio. You know that we talk about this stuff all the time. Horrific story out of Las Vegas, where this guy named Rashawn Gaston Anderson just a bad guy. And so you you have these soft on crime organizations and these bail reform policy, you know, organizations, and they see a guy like Rashawn Anderson and they think that he is just, you know, some misunderstood individual and the man is putting him in jail and he needs to be released. And so these organizations go and they post bail form and out he goes. How many times have you heard this next sentence? He leaves jail. And the very next day or two, he shoots someone. He kills someone. He rapes someone. He robs someone. He beats someone. 
And then the question has to be asked, okay, so you have all of these, uh, you know, various woke actors and politicians and, and some athletes. And, and so they come out and they vouch for these bail reform organizations. And they say, donate to this organization, donate to this organization. We're going to get all of these guys out of prison. We're going to get all of these guys out of jail. Because don't you know that bail is racist? Well, now there's a lawsuit, and I'm going to be able to get into more detail after the top of the hour. There is a lawsuit that is being leveled against one of these bail reform organizations that bails these guys out of jail. And this particular guy came out and did something abhorrent. And now a guy, one of the victims, is out there saying that he wants his restitution. Yeah, from the criminal, sure. But also from the organization that allowed him to go free. I've got that story coming up. Right now, though, I want to say hello to Steve calling from Fairfield, Ohio on Red Eye Radio. Hello, Steve. Hey, how you doing? I've been listening to you guys for probably two and a half years now, easy, and it, it's great. Every everything you guys do is, I it, it's straight up pro American, right, correct. I have a problem though with Kamala Harris. I every day I was born here in the United States. My father was born in the United States. He served a quarter of a century in the United States Navy. Okay, that being said, I want to know why is it when I walk out my front door every day, I am the foreign language. Why is that, Kamala? Well, I, you know what, I would, I would love to give you an answer to that, but I will tell you that the Democrats don't care. I mean, they want as much illegal immigration as possible because what they ultimately and eventually want to do is offer them an amnesty and then they have cultivated an entire new voting block. But, you know, your, your ire, Steve, it, it is appropriately placed, but it's also a little misdirected. It's not just Kamala Harris. I mean, it's, it is Kamala Harris, but it's also Joe Biden. It's also pretty much all of the Democrat Party, but it's also some Republicans as well. I mean, don't forget that when the Republicans have the opportunity to be tough on illegal immigration, they're not always as tough as they need to be as well. So I think that for people like you, Steve, and and people like me, I am very much uh, passionate, very passionate about protecting our border and protecting our uh, sovereignty. Unfortunately, and it boggles my mind, and I know that Gary and Eric say this all the time, this is what the American people have uh, voted for, is is continuing with this kind of so-called leadership. And it just, for people that watch politics, for people that know what's going on, it is absolutely baffling. Let's see here. I want to say hello to William very quickly in um, Illinois on Red Eye Radio. William, thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Hey, good morning. Uh, real quick, uh, our Governor Pritzker, his, he, his bill goes into effect in about five days or four days, excuse me, for uh, no bail for criminals, except the, the, for the, the very worst the, ones. You know, the safety act, right? The, sa- yeah. the safety act? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm beyond mad. I mean, come on, Seriously? 
you know, all these people that are bad people. I mean, you stab somebody or something, you know, I mean, they're bad people and they're going to be out on the street the same day. Well, yeah, they're going to be out on the same day. And, you know, God fearing uh, people who obey the laws, uh, those are the ones that will ultimately suffer the consequences for the actions of Democrats and people like, uh, you know, Governor Pritzker. And he lives behind, uh, you know, walls at the governor's mansion, I'm assuming. But these are the same people, William, as you know, that they want to let all the bad guys out, but they want to take away your right to defend yourself. And, William, I appreciate the call. And good luck in the state of Illinois. Man, there is a lot going on, especially in the state of in the city of Chicago. And again, I appreciate the call. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. This is Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now it's Red Eye Radio with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis. This is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. And I host a talk show in Nashville, Tennessee on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. And you can always check me out on social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. And uh, all of those at Dan Mandis Show. And feel free to drop me a line anytime. Coming up in this hour, and to me, it is such an important story, and that is the continuing saga, (laughs) it's so funny, the continuing saga of Twitter and the Twitter files. Now, very quickly, just just to tease the story a little bit, did you hear what Elon Musk said about his own company over the weekend? I mean, to be totally frank, um, almost every conspiracy theory that people had about Twitter turned out to be true. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, is there a conspiracy theory about Twitter that didn't turn out to be true? Uh, so far, they've all turned out to be true. And if not uh, more true than people thought. All right. So that is Elon Musk. And uh, there was uh, earlier today, well, yesterday, I guess. There was another Twitter dump, and this one, a Twitter file dump, this one has uh, to do with the coronavirus and following the science and all of those other things that the left told us to do. And it turns out that they were doing the same thing that we suspected they were doing when they were censoring conservatives, but they were doing it to scientists who were in disagreement with Dr. Anthony Fauci. And so details coming up here on Red Eye Radio. I do want to talk about we were discussing crime and and the crime in Buffalo and what is going on in Buffalo with this massive snowstorm, snowmageddon. Then, of course, we have, uh, you know, people that are out there looting in the streets. Guy called from Buffalo. He said they're lowlifes. I absolutely agree. But it is just these kinds of lowlifes that the Democrats want to ensure 
don't spend any time in jail for their actions. And their soft on crime policies is something that uh, we continue to talk about here on uh, talk radio and um, conservative circles because we can see what's coming like a freight train. And I do believe that the case of Rashawn Anderson out of Las Vegas is one of those stories that not only does it tell a tale, but it is also emblematic of what is to come. What is going on right now and what is to come, especially in places like Chicago, Illinois. Now, Rashawn Anderson, this is a guy who was in jail for various crimes. And then he was simply released on no bail. The judge just said, you know what? Let him out. Go ahead. The very next day. Dude got arrested again at that point. The judge set his bail at $3,000. And one of these do-gooder organizations, the Bail Project, comes along and bails this guy out. And so you know what happens. Guys like Rashawn Anderson, the organization posts his bail because of, you know, equity and social justice and all of that kind of stuff. Six days later, Six days after the bail project lets this guy out of jail by posting his bond, he takes a gun, walks into a restaurant, and shoots a guy 11 times. Now, let me ask you a question. The guy that Rashawn Anderson shot, who amazingly enough lived, the guy that Rashawn Anderson shot, where is his social justice? Where is his equity? Anybody have a comment on that? Because the left, they are so concerned about the social justice and the equity of guys like Rashawn Anderson. But they don't care about the victims. And that is becoming more and more clear, abundantly clear. So the question is, why did they bail out Rashawn Anderson? This guy was clearly a danger to society. Breitbart TV reported this. In January, we spoke with the Bail Project Regional Director Cameron Pipe. Did the Bail Project find any red flags to indicate perhaps he wasn't the right candidate to help out? Every single decision that we make at the Bail Project goes through the same exact thorough review. Well, that makes me feel a whole lot better. Did you hear what he said? He said every single candidate goes through the same process. Well, Rashawn Anderson went through that process. He got out and six days later, he walked into a restaurant and just shot a dude. So you've got this guy bailed out by the bail project stupidly and shoots this innocent victim. And so now you have to look back and say, did they really look at his criminal record? Did they really figure out if he was a danger to society? How much vetting was done when they bailed out Rashawn Anderson? I mean, I think these are all fair questions. Well, they were asked, but 
they were never answered. We provide free bail assistance and um, what we call community release with support, which uh, includes rides to and from court, court notifications, and we attempt to navigate services available in the community uh, based on our clients' self-identified needs. But Anderson, who told us he was previously diagnosed as schizophrenic, claims that didn't happen. Did they offer you any mental health resources? No. So in other words, they just bail these guys out and then leave them to whatever they want to do. Democrats. This is Democrats. This is woke. This is liberals. I mean, conservatives don't think this way. A lot of you folks are conservatives. You think about these things all the time. And you understand the lunacy of these wokists just finding these guys and bailing them out. Future victims be darned. So the victim in this case has now filed the lawsuit against this bail project, and he should. Now, this isn't the first time that we've heard all this insanity. On the board of the bail project, Richard Branson, you know, multi-millionaire, billionaire, Richard Branson, actor Danny Glover, and entertainer John Legend. Now, what I don't know is if they're included in this lawsuit. But if you're Richard Branson, if you're Danny Glover, if you're John Legend, and you have been out there trying to get people to donate money to the bail project, and then this happens, where the money you convinced... Danny Glover, John Legend, and Richard Branson, the money you convinced people to donate to the bail project was utilized to bail out Rashawn Anderson, and then he gets out, shoots a dude for no reason. That person deserves his own equity. That victim deserves his own social justice. And so I guess part of the question is, Richard Branson and Danny Glover and John Legend, should they be included in this lawsuit? I don't know if they are or not. I couldn't find anything that um, gave me the answer to that. But the Bail Project, you know, they have all the right platitudes. This is from their website. The Bail Project says it combats mass incarceration by disrupting the money bail system. One person at a time. We restore the presumption of innocence. We reunite families and challenge a system that criminalizes race and poverty. They say we're on a mission to end cash bail and create a more just, equitable, and humane pretrial system. Well, I guess it's humane for Rashawn Anderson, but it's not humane for his victim. Now, you remember Kamala Harris, right? When she told everybody via Twitter to donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, she literally tweeted out a link. And she said, and this is a quote from the tweet, if you can chip in, please help post bail for those protesting on the ground in Minnesota. This was in the days and weeks after the George Floyd situation. 
One guy they bailed out was named Michael Tillman. You've probably heard of this story. Michael Tillman was bailed out with the Minnesota Freedom Fund, advocated for by Kamala Harris. Three weeks later, Michael Tillman came out and allegedly killed an old nemesis. And so Kamala Harris, she was asked about this, and I want you to listen very closely because I've listened to this a number of different times, and I'm reasonably certain that Kamala Harris does not answer the question. I want to ask you, uh, the Minnesota GOP is holding a press conference this afternoon to criticize you for your support a couple of years ago before you were the vice president for something called the Minnesota Freedom Fund that was really set up to help those who are arrested after the, in the aftermath of the George Floyd riots, help them get out. It's since been sort of morphed into something else and has been used to help people get out who've been accused of, of many other crimes. Do you have any thoughts about this? All right, so... The question is, do you have any thoughts about this? Wait till you hear what she had to say. Details straight ahead. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Red Eye Radio, 86690 Red Eye is the phone number, 86690733. You know, typically when people exhibit bad behavior, there is a consequence. But for the Democrats, as conservatives oftentimes point out, it's not always the case. Now, the people, when it comes to things like bail reform, it is actually innocent victims that pay the price for the very, very flawed policies of the Democrats. And bail reform is certainly one of those. And we've been talking about what happened uh, in Las Vegas, where you have this guy who was bailed out by one of these organizations and he got out of jail. And then, you know, six days later, he shot some dude 11 times. And now that guy somehow amazingly lived. And now the question is, uh, should he be able to sue that organization? The organization, by the way, is called the Bail Project, and now they are no longer in Las Vegas. But we see these organizations all the time, and uh, right before the break, I was reminding you about Kamala Harris and her own Minnesota Freedom Fund. And uh, you recall this is the organization that she advocated for people to donate to. And so there was a guy, and I was telling you the story about a dude named Michael Tillman, who, as people donated all this money to the Minnesota Freedom Fund in the days and weeks and months following the George Floyd situation, Kamala Harris came out and said, give to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. People did. Michael Tillman was bailed out. Three weeks later, he came out and allegedly killed one of his old enemies. And so Kamala Harris was asked the question, the Republicans are criticizing you for asking Americans to donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund because of what it has become, which is essentially a way for bad guys to get out of jail with no bail 
and or their bail, their bail paid for. And then guess what happens? They get out and they commit crimes. So she was asked about that. And here's what she had to say. And by the way, you'll notice she doesn't answer the question. Well, first of all, I am a child of parents who marched for civil rights in the 1960s in America. Okay, that is irrelevant. That your parents marched in the civil rights marches back in the 60s is is irrelevant to the question as to what your thoughts are regarding the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And I have always been and will always be a supporter of peaceful protests. That, that is also irrelevant. What does your support of peaceful protests have to do with the Minnesota Freedom Fund? Absolutely nothing. And by the way, we know with Kamala Harris and a lot of the folks on the left, we know that when they talk about peaceful protests, you put that in air quotes because that means that things are burning. Um, many peaceful protests over the history of our country have led to an expansion of rights. Well, what does that have to do with the Minnesota Free? Nothing. It has nothing to do with the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And um, and, and an expansion of civil rights. So that's where I stand on, on peaceful protest. But the question wasn't about peaceful protests, Kamala Harris. The question was about your advocacy for the Minnesota Freedom Fund, where people donated to this fund based on your ask and your tweet and your recommendation. And so then guys were bailed out with that money and then they killed other people. So do you have any comment whatsoever? Do you have an answer to the question? And um, I think that unfortunately what we're seeing is people are playing political games right now. We're 18 days away from midterms. Uh And um, we have sadly not seen a lack of misinformation and disinformation. Uh, and and I think this is another one of those examples. No, it really isn't. And that is Kamala Harris, of course, doing whatever she can to dodge the truth. There is no misinformation in the question, but it is an interesting question. You've got these celebrities and politicians who advocate for people to donate to these bail reform organizations. Then the bad guys are bailed out and they shoot and kill other people or rob them or steal them or God knows what else, should they, whether it's Kamala Harris or John Legend or some of these other people, should they somehow be held responsible civilly? I mean, if you don't have the politicians advocating for the money, theoretically, people wouldn't donate and these guys would still be in jail. Same with the Hollywood elite, the wokists. But they do advocate. They do raise money. And that means that these bad guys do get out of jail and there are future victims. Let's say hello to James calling from Santa Fe, New Mexico on Red Eye Radio. Hey, James, how are you? How are you doing? I love the topic. Thank you. Anyway, so I'm I'm currently a security guard and I live in a hard blue state in a recently all excuse me, a hard blue city in a recently all blue state. And I have to deal with this all the time. This, 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 how can I say it? The people that make these, have these bad ideas and make these bad decisions who they vote for. Um, I'll show up at some liberal gal's house because I have to deal with burglary and larceny and vagrancy 
and in public to- intoxication all the time. And I'll show up in some, like, you know, some uh, expensive apartment complex downtown, and, and I'll have this indignant gal answer the phone or answer the door in her yoga pants, and she's like, this is absolutely unacceptable. There's a person who's passed out in front of the laundry room or who's passed out in the stairwell. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? He says, well, he needs to be arrested. And he needs to go to rehab. I'm like, that ain't going to happen because the uh, police has, have uh, the police have been instructed by the mayor and city council not to touch any of these people. And if they take them anywhere, that person could sue them for being kidnapped against their will because they're not doing anything wrong. He is using his pants as a as a diaper, and he is passed out on drugs and alcohol in front of your your stairwell. But if you and I and I stop him, I say, what, "Did you vote for Democrats?" Because what this is, this is defund the police. This is no cash bail. This is sanctuary cities. This is open borders. This is decriminalizing vagrancy, public camping, and public intoxication. And and all of those, James, great point. All of those are advocated for by the Democrats. Phone lines are open. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, coming up, there was a new Twitter dump, a new Twitter file dump over the last 24 hours, and we're going to get into exactly what it's all about. Basically, I'm going to give you a hint. It's about um, Dr. Anthony Fauci and Joe Biden going after medical professionals and scientists who really were actually following the science as opposed to what Fauci and Biden were doing, which uh, was following their own narrative. So we're going to talk about the latest in the Twitter file dump straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. By the way, the soundbite of the day is from Elon Musk. I mean, to be totally frank, um, almost every conspiracy theory that people had about Twitter turned out to be true. (laughs) So yeah, there you go. Very quickly, though, they've been holding for a minute or two. Bill is in Cleveland, Ohio on Red Eye Radio. Hey, Bill. Hi. Hi, Dan. Great show. Um, Going back to your electricity uh, discussion. Live in Cleveland, we had uh, extremely low temperatures, some snow, but nothing like Buffalo had. But they were saying on the radio, news station, limit your electrical use, you know, unplug, you know, unneeded whatever, space heaters, et cetera, yep. to avoid the rolling blackout situation. Well, what's going to happen when everybody's plugging in electric cars, supposedly? Cars that no one wants and no one can afford, but apparently, you know, I live in a regular you know, lower-income neighborhood. Everybody's got nice cars, no electric ones, because uh, to my knowledge, there's not even a charging station in the whole city of Cleveland <laughs> that I've heard about. So, you know, I, you know, when, I, you know what, when everybody you know, does that. Right. Well, what I would say, but first of all, you're right, because if if we, you know, ended up with everybody having an electric car like the Democrats want, we don't have the grid or the energy to support it. And that's just one of several problems that we have. You mentioned one of the other ones, which is nobody can afford these cars. We also don't have the power stations for it. And so one of the things that I mean, I've, I've said this many times, I'm sure that Gary and Eric have as well. 
where the Democrats, everything is sort of like a panacea, right? Everything would be just perfect if everybody just had an electric vehicle. You know, John Kerry. Every time long-faced John Kerry is out there talking about electric vehicles and the rest of that nonsense, it's all just a bunch of platitudes. When in reality, in reality, if everybody magically had an electric vehicle, we don't have the infrastructure to uh, support it. Then we start going down the road of, you know, the batteries and, and there's so much there. And, Bill, you are absolutely right, and I do appreciate your call and a very, very uh, good point. Let's say hello to Robert in Charleston, South Carolina, one of the uh, nation's finest cities. Hey, Robert, how are you? Well, thank you, Sarah. Yes, I'm doing fine. I just heard about your report about the the Buffalo area. Well, I went to school at Alfred University about 60 miles south of Rochester, New York, and about 90 miles southeast of Buffalo, New York. And, um, you know, those those were pretty magical years for, for my friends and I. And, uh, you know, we did enjoy the snow quite a bit. And, and the, the height of the snow had nothing to do with it. I mean, if it was really, 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 really high, we would use snowshoes. And if it were not so kind of high, then we would use the skis for cross-country skiing and, and had a lot of fun going from, from uh, you know, through the countryside. And, um, you know, we had cars that were that were 60-40 weight distribution made in Germany so that so that we could get through the snow pretty well. It wasn't four-wheel drive, but because of the weight distribution, most of the weight was on the back wheels. And my mm-hmm. father gave me specially special wide tires that that that, that, that contacted the, the 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 ground pretty well. So I was able to get snow. Almost are you saying, hey, hey Robert? If I Robert, if, let, Robert, let me ask you. So, are you saying that today's more modern vehicle is not as equipped to be able to handle the snow like? we're seeing in places like buffalo oh no i mean today we have even better ones for the most part i mean we have four-wheel drive all the time or all and we also have four-wheel drive that you can switch on and off my grandfather had a 1946 jeep that i could have used it had four-wheel drive but i never had to use it because the roads were really fine uh, mm. for a volkswagen or porsche porsche 912 my father had a 912 and i had a, i had a volkswagen and we got around very nicely with those cars well, uh, Robert, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. And yeah, we we're earlier in the program, we were taking calls from people that are stuck in uh, Buffalo and how the streets, they're calling it, uh, you know, it's like a war zone in Buffalo with the snow that is just massive, massive snow piles and how you do have some of these guy called from Buffalo. And he, he sort of apologetically called the people that are looting stores as uh, dirt bags. And I said, no. If you've got people out there that are victimizing the the businesses who are shut down because of the snow, and then you've got these dirt bags going in there and stealing stuff, you know, breaking in and stealing stuff, they are, by definition, I would say dirt bags. And I mean, I could say a lot more, but, you know, the FCC gets in the way, but I do appreciate the call. The other thing that I said is um, just not to belabor the point, but. For the handful of dirt bags that are out there, you also have a lot of folks who are doing really, really good things to help their friends and neighbors in Buffalo. And so, you know, prayers going out to the folks out there in uh, upstate New York. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Elon Musk. Now, you know, I believe that what Elon is trying to do with this big uh, Twitter dump, the, the Twitter file dump, 
is he's trying to tear down Twitter. And the reason why he's tearing down Twitter is because he knows that there's a lot of Americans out there, probably a lot of you, that believe that Twitter is nothing but a propaganda machine for the Democrats, for the woke and for the left, and that conservatives are censored. And so the only way, the only way to rebuild that trust is to expose Twitter for the misdeeds that they've been engaged in for the past many years. And so over and over, wave after wave, day after day, dump after dump, we are finding out exactly what we all knew was true. We knew it was true. But nobody within Twitter would actually give us the proof that would make us feel so much better. Like that aha moment. I think that's what a lot of conservatives have been looking for, right? Maybe you. Is that aha moment. Like, I knew I was right. I knew that I was being shadow banned. I knew that when I was very publicly disagreeing with Anthony Fauci on the lockdowns, I knew that I was being shadow banned. We all knew it. But you know what? We were called conspiracy theorists. But now Elon Musk says that if you were called a conspiracy theorist, more than likely, you were right. I mean, to be totally frank, um, almost every conspiracy theory that people had about Twitter turned out to be true. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, if, is there a conspiracy theory about Twitter that didn't turn out to be true? Uh, so far, they've all turned out to be true. And if not, uh, more true than people thought. I kind of like the uh, maniacal laughter, by the way. But he is right. I mean, people who were called conspiracy theorists, they've either been proven right or at the very least far more plausible than the mainstream media would have you believe. I mean, just off the top of my head, in the past couple of years, some examples. Of course, there is the conspiracy theory of the coronavirus uh, emanating from that Wuhan lab. You had the conspiracy theory that Russian disinformation on Hunter Biden had been published by the New York Post. Well, everybody knows that that was absolutely true. You had the conspiracy theory that uh, Twitter's left-leaning zealots were censoring conservatives. Well, now we know that that was true. So most of us have been, you know, if you're a conservative, you've been called a conspiracy theorist. One of the other ways was if you were out there saying that the, the health agencies within the federal government was conspiring with Twitter to suppress those with a different scientific opinion or medical opinion than that of Dr. Fauci. Well, you were called a conspiracy theorist. Well, now here we are couple of days after Christmas, and we have now been proven correct yet again. And the new Twitter files dump shows that they did, Twitter did suppress debate and information from doctors and experts, which clashed with the White House and their narrative, whether it is Donald Trump or Joe Biden. And by the way, one of those guys, a dude by the name of Alex Berenson, 
a suspended, quote unquote, vaccine skeptic. He was actually bounced from Twitter at the request of Joe Biden. At least according to the Twitter files. Now, both Donald Trump and Joe Biden, both administrations did pressure Twitter executives to censure information that was true, but inconvenient. The government was able to discredit doctors and experts on Twitter and suppressed users' freedom of speech or their reach on social media. The Biden administration was even able to get former vaccine skeptic Alex Berenson not only kicked off the platform, but they suppressed him uh, as, as much as they possibly could. And so the more that they did that and the more that it, it, it was denied, the more those denials really scream incredibly loudly today. As we find out that what Joe Biden and his, uh, you know, whether it's Jen Psaki or Corinne Jean-Pierre, what the Biden administration was saying in their denials that they had nothing to do with the censorship Turns out they had everything to do with the censorship. Guy by the name of David Zwieg, he put out this uh, the tweets from this morning, and he says that by censoring information that was true but inconvenient to U.S. policy, then yes, Twitter did absolutely censor their users. They also censored users by discrediting doctors and other experts who disagreed with Joe Biden or Dr. Anthony Fauci or, you know, the people on the left. They also censored them by suppressing ordinary users, including some sharing the CDC's own data. See, that's the crazy part in all of this. And I'm going to continue this after the commercial break. But, you know, there were people and I know that, you know, a lot of this, but there were some people who were literally just pointing out the CDC's own data to make their own point, and they were bounced. They were suspended. They were permanently kicked off of Twitter. It makes no sense whatsoever, and now Twitter, and more uh, than Twitter, but Joe Biden, they have all now been exposed by Elon Musk. I've got the details straight ahead on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Eight six six ninety red eyes the phone number. 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis here in for... Gary and Eric on Red Eye Radio. By the way, the gents return a week from tonight. So talking about the latest Twitter files dump, and there's I'm just going to tell you that there is so much here and I don't want to get lost in all of the details because the details are out there. But coming up after the uh, after the break at the top of the hour, after the news and so forth, I will get into some of the details, but Just know this, is that all your suspicions really have come true when it comes to the Twitter files. And part of this, 
when they start talking about discrediting doctors who are going against the narrative of Dr. Anthony Fauci and, and Joe Biden, it all really did begin with this soundbite. They're killing people. I mean, it really, look, the only pandemic we have is among the unvaccinated. And, that, and, they're, and they're killing people. So when Joe Biden, when the president of the United States literally came out and said that Twitter, social media companies and people that were, quote unquote, anti-vaxxers or anti-lockdown people, that they were, as you just heard the brain dead president say, killing people. That is when Twitter really jumped into action. So coming up. I'm going to tell you what Donald Trump did, because Trump did some things too. what Donald Trump and the Trump administration did and how it differs mightily from what Joe Biden did. Details straight ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number. 866-907-3339. Dan Mandis here. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, all at Dan Mandis Show. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.